Okay, let's begin our discussion of Parshas Chukas, Tavshin Pei. And we are discussing Paraduma to start off, but even before Paraduma, the phrase that we've spoken about the often, Zos Chukas HaTorah. Zos Chukas HaTorah, which is um, uh, the, something that, you know, is, is mentioned, that it's not just Chukas HaPara, it's Chukas HaTorah, and uh, it's something that defines, you know, so much as we will try to uh, touch on. But this year we'll um, see it through the eyes of Rav Chaim Shvulevitz. Rav Chaim Shvulevitz, those Chukas HaTorah in source number one. Again, what is the point that is pointed out by the Mepharshim? And that is that why does it's those Chukas HaPara? What's Chukas HaTorah? It's more general. Says the quotes from the Arachayim. Tom Arachayim HaKadosh. Lama Nikres Mitzvah Zu Shal Parah Duma B'Shem Chukas HaTorah. Ha'ilo Lomar Zos Chukas HaTumah. Ozos chukas hatahara. Right, it should be one or the other. It shouldn't be, <coughs> shouldn't be that the uh, generalization of chukas haTorah should apply to one specific mitzvah. What is the Torah trying to teach us? Asks the Arachayim Hakadosh, among others. The Tirates and the answers says Rechayish Bolevitz. The Derech Remez Yirtze Baomro chukas haTorah Shem Yikaimu Mitzvazu Al Afaisa Chuka Belotam. If I do this mitzvah, which is the ultimate chok which is the one that does not have a reason that we know of, that Shlomo HaMelech even knew of, If you do this one, it's Ki'ilu, you did all of them. Kikim mitzvah belotam, yoid al hatstokas hemuna, because doing a mitzvah, without knowing the reason, testifies and reflects about the right, the, the uh, belief what is the Arachayim driving at? By keeping paraduma, by keeping a mitzvah that we would call a chok, by keeping a mitzvah that we don't focus on the reason, then that reflects something about our entire attitude of avodas Hashem. Says the Sichas Musr, says Arachayim Shmolevitz, who beer dvarav. Shebizman sha'adam mekayim mitzvah sheyodea botam. If I ever do a mitzvah that I know the reason for, let's say I do the mitzvah of Kibbut Aveim, I do the mitzvah of Hashavas Aveda, Adayin lo nizbar shu muchan muzuman l'kayim es mitzvahs baro mishum shi mitzvahs baro. That does not reflect or emphasize or highlight the fact that I would do it because Hashem told me to do it. I do it because you know this is uh, this makes sense to me. It makes sense, so I do it. If I do any what we would call mishpat, or any mitzvah that I think uh, relates to me, and I could understand, so that's one level, but it's not the ultimate level. He quotes the Rambam and Nuchas Malachim, even regarding the Sheva Mitzvahs B'nei Noach, one would need to... Um, do for the reasons of coming from Harsinai and from Moshe Rabbeinu and not because of um, it makes sense to me. He quotes even the Rambam from Shmona Prakim. More might be familiar with the chilek that the Rambam makes with Shmona Prakim. Where the Rambam discusses a machlokes between the philosophers and the Chachamim. Ask the Rambam, which is a higher level of avoda? If somebody says, I want to do the Avera, I wish I could do the Avera, but Hashem says I can't do the Avera, 
or no, when a person conditions themselves not even to want to do the Avera. Which is the highest level? Says the Rambam, right, quoting from Chazal, Al Yomar Adam, line 15, Efshar, Efshi, Lechol Basar Bechalav, that's okay to say. Is that the highest level? So the Rambam says that's the chilik between shimios and sichlios, or what we would call chukim and mishpatim. When it comes to mitzvos that we understand, then obviously we have to do it because this is what Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants, and we have to condition ourselves to not even want to want to do it. What murder and stealing we should want to do, but no. We should condition ourselves not to want to. But when it comes to shimios, mitzvahs that are hukim, that we don't understand fully, so those are the places where Chazal say, efshi v'efshi. That's the chilut Rama makes. But says of Chaim Shmulevitz, even by the mitzvahs that we understand. And we should condition ourselves Ultimately, when we do the mitzvah, it should be L'Shem Shemayim. Yes, we should condition ourselves not to steal. But when the opportunity presents itself to do something that we even find abhorrent or are you know, not into following that behavior, we should still do it L'Shem Shemayim. Hainu Rachet Sarach Adam Lomar. This chilek, says of Chayim Shmulevitz, is only that a person needs to say, Okay, even without the mitzvah, I wouldn't do it. But after we have been commanded, Ultimately, we have to fill our lives with doing things because the Kodesh Baruch Hu told us, The message of mitzvot is not to do it because we understand it, and we appreciate it, and it's full, even if it's fulfilling, you know, I, I feel good, I feel good about doing a mitzvah, that's fine. One can feel good, and should feel good about doing a mitzvah. But when we do it, in the back or even the front of our heads should be also, or maybe mostly, L'Shem Shemayim. L'Shem Shemayim, that's why I'm doing the mitzvah. The Iker Siba is the Mitzvah Habore Yisbarach. And that's what it means to be an Eved. That's what it means to be an Eved. I'm now I'm skipping a little bit. Iker Hakoshi Bavodes Hashem Inyan Zeh. This is challenging. It's challenging to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu as an Eved. You know, it's much easier to serve Hashem and to feel, you know, like whatever I understand, that I'm doing it because... I feel good and I'm more into it. It's kashem ma'od la'adam, lahargish es atzmo, eved u'muchrach. This is what I have to do. I didn't read it, but he quoted the Gemara earlier. Brachas daf yud. The Gemara the Machlok is about Yishayo and Chizkiyo. Chizkiyo didn't want to have any more children because he saw he was going to have a, a tremendously wicked son. Yishayo says, that's not your business. Padi kafshi rachman alamalach. You do what HaKadosh Baruch asks you to do because we're an eved. And that's, that's ultimately what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us. And he even quotes a couple of other sources related to this idea. Related to this idea of ultimately we do it because HaKadosh Baruch Hu told us to do it. Because a fascinating Medrash. Medrash in the Yalkut in Shmos. When Moshe wanted to win Sipora's hand in marriage, Yisro says, fine, with one condition. 
Which condition? The first son has to be L'Shem Avodazara. You have to bring up the oldest son, L'Shem Avodazara. That's what he says, the Medrash. And he was Makabel. And the Balaturim explains. Why was Moshe Maskim? Because he was ultimately trying to bring Yisro back. He wasn't going to do it, but he was going to bring Yisro back. But the question is, who was Yisro? We know who Yisro was. He was Kohen in Midian, and he went around to try every Avodah in the book until he figured out, and he's a Balshuva, And he knows everything. <laughs> what was he suggesting? Why would he even want this from Moshe Rabbeinu? How do you make such a tonight? He threw it all away. And the Bnei what was he doing? Why did Yisro ultimately, at least according to this shot, why did Yisro stop doing Avodah Zarah? Because he researched everything and nothing made sense except HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made sense. Yisro says, that's why I want my grandson. I want my grandson to figure it out. Let him try everything else. Just like I did. Try everything else and then when he comes to it, oh, that'll be a That'll be a Kabbalah. Moshe Rabbeinu says no. Some things are up for discussion. Some things are not up for analysis. We've quoted a number of times in the past. I heard it in the name of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Ein Kelokenu comes before me Kelokenu. Ein Kelokenu, period. If we want to deepen and research and appreciate our emuna, that's fine. But not researching it in a way that if I have questions, then I'll just say forget it. No, enkelokenu. First we give the answer. And then we have mikelokenu. That's what it means to be an eved. An eved means, it's a chok, it's beyond me, I'm doing it because this is what the Adon wants. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu told Yisro. Yisro didn't want it to be forced. If he comes by Atzmo, great. But Moshe Rabbeinu obviously did not have that that uh, that attitude, because naturally a human being doesn't want to be forced. Nobody wants to be forced, right? Talked about many um, many uh, psychology views about raising children, about about inspiring. You can't force. That's true. That's true in a certain sense. But the ultimate level is for us to reach the level of service HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we realize that we're doing it because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to do it. And that's what we learn from Para Aduma, how it relates to all mitzvos. That's the Arachayim, that's the Arachayim HaKadosh. And he quotes, we're not going to do it, from Shimi Ben Geira. I remember he couldn't leave Yerushalayim. Right? He, he could have stayed in Yerushalayim. The second that he knew he wasn't allowed to leave Yerushalayim, then he has the Eight Sahara for, for, uh, for leaving. So this is something that we have to recognize. Uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's word has to be our top priority. Okay. One other point related to Para Aduma in general. You have here in, uh, in the Sefer Lehisaneg, 
Sani Bisanugim, he quotes the Gemara in Kedushan Laman Aleph, the probably the most famous Gemara in Shas about a non-Jew, Dama ben Nesina, and not waking up his father when uh, the Rabbanim of the Sanhedrin came to, to get the diamonds, the stone, for the Choshen. And it was under his father's head. And the following year he got schar. What was the schar? He got a paraduma in his herd. And Chazal had to come and pay all this money for paraduma. See, he made the money and he didn't lose any of the money. Right? Wonderful, amazing. We know the story. Ask the Kutzka Rebbe, quoted here. What's the Mida Kenegad Mida? Of paraduma and Kibbutz aim. They seem to be opposites. Paraduma is, is, you know, without any thinking. And, and Kibbut Avaim, the ultimate mishpat, says the Kotzker, that's the point. Because when Dama ben Nesina did what he did, there was a tremendous kitrug. There was a tremendous prosecuting force in Shemayim. Look at what this, look at this, what this non-Jew did for his father. He's not even mitzuvah. It's not one of the Sheva Mitzvahs B'nei Noach. And yet... That's what he did. What about Am Yisrael? It was the Yona worry, so to speak. She got a kitzrug Am Yisrael. Ro ketsan mekayim agoy mitzvahs kibud avayim. Muchan lahafsid mamod rabbeshvila. Look how much money he was ready to lose in order to fill the mitzvah of kibud avayim. Says the Kutzker Hakadosh Baruch Hu orchestrated the events that Klal Yisrael would be willing to pay a ton of money. For para aduma, not paying a ton of money for a mitzvah that you understand, lehefech, paying a ton of money for a mitzvah that we don't understand and doing it just dafka l'shem shemayim. That's why bedafka he got para aduma, so it could work out for Kal Yisrael. Zimnu lirishusa me'ashemayim para aduma laharos shagoy muchan lahafse kesef avor mitzvah shetama muvan. It depends, you know, if it's with what we're trying to do or or against. It just reminds me, it just popped into my head, reminds me of a thought we mentioned years ago, I think, from the Shemana Tov on next week's Parsha. Next week's Parsha. But if you're listening in Chutz Laaretz, Chukas Balakar together, so maybe it'll be this week's Parsha for you. But uh, on next week's Parsha, it says that Bilam got up in the morning early to go curse the Jews. Vayashkin Bilam Baboker. And Rashi there quotes the, from the Medrash that, Bilam, you think you're so great? Avram Avinu beat you to the point. Vayashkin Avram Aboker by the Akedah. You're getting up early. So what's the beer? What's the, what's the depth? Bilam getting up early to do something that fit who he was. That, that it was like, he hates Jews. He's going to curse the Jews. So you got up early to do something you're very happy to do. Avram got up early to kill his son. Avram got up early to do the Akedah. That's that's a totally different, like here, Dama Benesin is great, but that's keep it of aim. Kla Yisrael for Paraduma, it's against the grain. They don't understand it. That's Avram and Bilam as well going against. And by the way, we also mentioned Vayashkim Avram Baboker. He was able to sleep the night before. He was able to sleep. There was no anxiety. There was no being up all night worrying about what's going to be. He slept like a baby. Vayashkim Avram Baboker, one of the most uh, underappreciated um, psukim in the entire Torah. By Yashkim Avram Aboker, the morning of the uh, the Akedah. Okay, but back to the Sefer Lehisanik. So he quotes this from the Kutzker, and then he quotes a story that is not directly connected to anything, 
but it's connected to Kibbutz of Aim, and it's mentioned here. So I'll quote the story that he uh, that he has. He quotes from the Briskarav. Again, it's a long the story. I gave you the whole story here, but uh, we'll just uh, mention it uh, quickly. He says when he when the, when he was. Uh, Already a rav in brisk, one of the Balabatim came in front of him and said, I have an elderly mother in such and such a little town from a faraway place, Ir Shaval, or Chokami Brisk, and I feel, I can't do Kibbut of Aim properly. I go there when I can, uh, but I can't go so often. I'm tired by Parnasa. What could I do? What could I do? Um, how could I help you? How could I help you to the briskarov? What kind of question is that? So he says, I'm trying to convince my mother to come live with me. To come live near us. That will be simple. She'll live near us and I'll take care of her. And I'll do everything for her. So she never listens to me. Could you try to speak to her the next time she comes to visit? He says, okay. I don't know exactly if I'll have any success, but... You know, okay. His kapti ledvarav si barami brisk vitsati lo shepapama ba kasher tovo imal avakro. She's gonna come. Fine. So he she came and the briskarav meets with her and parisi alav amaytilav bin chachavis lakai mitzvahs kibud aim such a big mitzvah and uh, he wants to do it. It's just very hard for him. It's his big family. Um, you know, if you move here, you'll help him in gashmias and in ruchnias v'cholu. The elderly woman says, Rebbe, you can ask me anything that you want but you can't ask me to move out of my little town. You can't ask me that. I will never... She says, what does that mean? Let me tell you a story. A story within a story. story within a story. My grandfather, she says, Sabi, Hayish Ani Marud, very, very poor. Patcha Azekinev Amra. He was very poor, but he had a tremendous desire, tremendous chuka to one time buy his own esrog. Wanted to buy his own esrog, his own dalan minim. We know stories of, in Europe, they had one, where Moshe Feinstein had one set of Lulav and esrog for three years, the only one in the town when he was in Russia. So it was, it was very uh, nadir, it was rare. So he wanted. So every year, every year, he used to save a little bit, then a little bit, then a little bit, then a little bit. Right? Finally, after years and decades, decades, he had a bag of money. He had a bag. Line 35. Till he finally had it. Years, decades. You don't imagine that this is something that you know anybody would do. But it's a hundred years ago. A hundred years ago. When they were all this time, it's time to fulfill the dream. They went to the store, to the Esrog um, seller, and Sabasi Perbid Drakshut Le Socher. This is the Kesav I've seen, I've seen for so long. The merchant looks at the money and says, It's very inspiring, but it's still not enough. Still not enough. Inflation, whatever it is, Esrogim have gone up. My Saba and Safta, says this elderly woman, had tremendous sorrow. They didn't know what to do. The Safta says to the Saba, you know what, we're very old. Who knows how much longer we have? Who knows when the next time you're going to be able to be Makai in the Mitzvah? You know, we live in a house. Let's sell the house. We'll move to an apartment. We'll get the money from the house. 
and in that way we'll be able to, you know, have plenty, have plenty to buy the uh, the esrog. They talked about it, and that's what they decided. They sold their house in order to get the money for the esrog. It's not over yet. His palasochem, he gold aschum, the hits here, and he get it. He went back. He took him. He gave him the esrog. He gave him to the merchant. The merchant said he's going to bring back a beautiful esrog. Good. He brings back a beautiful esrog. But word gets out. <laughs> word gets out that so-and-so bought a beautiful esrog. So everybody's coming to see it. And everybody's on display. And the safta, you know, is showing it. And as you would have thought, from one hand to another hand to another to another hand, and all of a sudden, Rahman al-Islana falls down, and there goes the pitam. The life savings, the house. Hasafta naflarzim ulefes. The safta, my safta, she says, fainted on the spot. She know what to do. She was worried about his health. Slowly, slowly, she somehow relays the message and gives mishalim and this and that and a bad thing and somebody died and and finally she says it. Lefi, what's his reaction? Kishmo Asaba, line 39. It's at Dvarim. Kamim Kamo. Vamar ben Ichusa bezualashen. Im ayin, azay pturim. We did what we were supposed to do. HaKadosh Baruch Hu did, we, we, we bought it. Lefi Akirsa Acheres, the Saba said, the same Rebona Shalolam that Tziva Litol Esrog, Tziva Gam Sha'asr Lichos. We're talking about, obviously, somebody amazing. But the grandmother says, all my life, I walk past that house and it gives me such chizik. I remember that house, that they sold this house in order to get the lulav and esrog, to get the esrog. And then what happened in the end? I can't move out. That's part of my life. Part of my life. The brisker I've heard this and said, okay, can't do anything about that. So he stopped trying to convince her. So it's related a little bit to keep it up aim and the like. But again, the messages of, of Mesiris Nefesh for a mitzvah, not getting angry, whatever one wants to, uh, to, uh, to say, maybe this is what, uh, you know, uh, <coughs> inspired, you know, this, the other story that they tell over, you know, <laughs> even if I don't have a Nesrug, at least I have my Shalom Bias. I want to, uh, to ruin the Shalom Bias. They tell a story similar. Okay. Moving right along. Fascinating question asked by the Agiona Shal Torah. So we know some of the details as we get into here of Tumas Mace. Some of the details. Somebody becomes Tumay Mace. They have to get sprinkled with the ashes and the special water of the Paraduma. When do they have to get sprinkled? They're Tumay for seven days. Tumay for seven days. The Pasuk tells us, Pasuk Yud Aleph, Hanogea b'meis l'chon nefesh adam v'tamei shavas yamim. Hu yeschatabo v'yom ha-shlishi v'yom ha-shvi. Yitar. Three and seven. Day three and seven, he is sprinkled with the ashes of the Paraduma. Simple question. Why day three? What, you need it twice? You need once in the middle? So four is in the middle. Right? Why day three? There's a Lundish question. That is, does Tomas Mace get less and less every day? Or is it tame, 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 boom until the end? By all Thomas. Thomas Nida, Thomas Zava, Shivanakiyam, does it get more, more, uh, Tahar as you go? Because it's a this question. But Thomas Mace, 
is a person less Tomei on day five? Right? Or is it all or nothing? But either way, why day three? Why, what is the message of that Hazah? Says the Yonosh Torah. He is always so creative. Says Rav Ben Sion Fierer. Let's think in general, why is somebody Tamei Mace? We're coming in contact with a dead body. And why? Seven days. Why seven days? We understand why certain other tumos, where the tumof comes from inside, if it's saraas, not from inside, saraas, zav, nida, all of those are some type of spiritual impurity. So I'm spiritually dirty and I have to get cleansed. But touching a dead body, why is that tummy for seven days? How did I become spiritually impure by that? As we just said, the Zuama, the spiritual impurities that stuck to me through this machla. So why seven? And why Tomas Base? When a person comes in contact with Misa, there are two potential negative reactions that we might the feelings, the emotions that he might go through. Maga imes yachol olit sveikos be'emunah. Number one, it's a knock on emunah. It's a knock on, you know, is somebody in charge? Is there a purpose for life? So many questions a person can have when they experience the death of a loved one or just in contact with a dead body. Lo lechinam tignu chazal omar barach dayin ha'emes v'tzidu kadin achrei meis Why is it that right after we bury somebody we turn around and there's a lach of saying tzidu kadin and the special kaddish that that talks about tchiyas ha'mesim dafka then because there's a danger there's a danger chayav adam lavarich halarok shem lavarich halatova chazal are so careful and nervous and concerned that this experience you know, might make somebody lose it. That's all. He doesn't mention it, but I'll add. That's the concept of Shiva, of Nichem Avelim. A person's not alone. There's a special mitzvah to make sure this person is not alone. And Yantif breaks it, because then Yantif, you're with everybody. So you're right. They can't coincide. Yantif and Avelus. But still, Yantif, you're with people. Because everybody needs that chizik. nafshit. It's hard to make the bracha of Dayana Emes. Adam Karavet Salatzmo. Eina Roa Tamidas at Sadak Elion. So, number one danger is that it might be a break on my Emuna. It might be a, a crack. But it's not just Emuna. There's another danger. There's another danger. A more practical danger. He quotes the Gemara. The Gemara at the beginning of Brachas, many are familiar. The Gemara says if somebody's, you know, having trouble, so then they should first first try to get your Yetzer Torah to beat your Yetzahara. Yargaz Adam Yetzer Torah Yetzahara. Shnei Marigzu Bal Techado. Im Nitzchum Mutav. If you were successful with your Yetzer Torah, great. Vim Lav Yasuk Batora. Next try, next uh, ammunition, learn Torah. Fine. Great Mutav. If if Torah doesn't work, Yikra Kriyashma. Kriyashma Kabbalah Zamalcha Shemayim. If you're really stuck and that doesn't work, 
Recognize that human beings are finite and mortal. Ask the Mepharshim, ask the Yonashal Torah. If Yom HaMiso always works, it's the last one, why don't you go straight there? Why don't you just say, Yaskal Yom HaMiso, <laughs> period. Why do you have to go into Yetzatov and Torah and Shema? Skip it. Just go to what's tried and true. It must be that there's a downside. It must be that there's also a danger in Yom HaMiso. It's not just, it's not so straight. There's a danger. Just like it could be inspiring, it could be depressing. It could be okay, everybody's going to die, so I might as well just like stop now. You know, what's this life about anyway? You know, I'm not in charge. So, you know, death, Rahman al-Islam, not just philosophical problems, but practical problems. Practical, forget it. This person didn't finish half of his stuff, so what a minute, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Right? Life is a countdown towards death. So how do we do this? HaKadosh Baruch Hu put it into the Bria. You know how you do this Paraduma? What's Paraduma? Seven days. Why seven days? What does seven days remind us of? What was the first seven days? My Sabracious. My Sabracious means the purpose of the world. Remember there's a Bore. Remember there's a Kaddish Baruch Hu created the world. Remember the Chinuch says, he doesn't quote it. The Chinuch, remember in the midst of Tevila, what's the message of Mikvah? Because we're like born again when we come out of the mikvah. It's like we're in the amniotic sac, in the fluid. And when we, when we come out of the mikvah, we're new. We're a new, new, a new being. That's what we're supposed to think about. By the seven days. Shiva yamim kiz machser shalzman, maskalos briya sa'olam, umachazik asimunaso. Remember, HaKadosh Baruch created the world. There's a purpose to the world. There's a bailim. There's a balabayas in the world. And once we have that, day three takes upon itself a new identity. What happened on day three? Yikavu HaMayim. When we're talking about Mayim, and we're talking about water, ashes mixed with water, day three is most appropriate then. If you're going to pick one day in the middle of the process. Obviously day seven at the end, but he said that's why day three. So we want to highlight the parallel to my sabracious, and that is why we pick day three. We splash mayim chayim. Remember, mayim chayim, water from a spring, is not needed except for three, I think it's three, three halachas, a zav and a paraduma, I think one other. That's it. It's very unique. Mayim chayim, spring water, we remember my sabracious. And that, hopefully, is machazik v'yemunah of someone who had to come in contact with, with Misa. Okay. So after paraduma, after paraduma, we have 
B'nai Yisrael come to Midbar Tzin, and all of a sudden, Miriam dies. Note, we mentioned this years ago from Rav Salvechik, we've just switched from year 2 to year 40. Korach last week's parsha was year 2. Now Miriam dies. Wow! That was a quick 38 years. Right? No, nothing in the Torah is said about those 38 years. The blackout years, Rav Salvechik calls it. And he's, you have uh, Paradum and Thomas Mace, you know, uh, put juxtaposed there in the Torah. Okay. But, says the Psukim, Ask the Aznayim LaTorah. Rav Saratskin. First of all, why did they say the word Sham twice? Vatamas Sham Miriam, Vatikaver Sham. Miriam died there and she was buried there. What's the emphasis of the two Shams? Question one. Question two. Chazal pick up on the difference between how Bnei Yisrael cried for Aaron and how Bnei Yisrael cried for Moshe. <laughs> Call Bnei Yisrael. By Aaron was the men, the women. But by Miriam, doesn't say a word. Doesn't say a word that they cried for Miriam. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, then the Baloscha we had that they waited a month. They waited a week for Miriam. All of Klaiso waited a week for Miriam when she had Saras because of the week that she waited for the time that she waited for Moshe. But why doesn't it say that they cried for her? It says it by Moshe. It says it by Aaron. Gimel Roim Hayu Az Yisrael. Miriam Aaron and Moshe. Misas Aaron Isa Mishuna Misa. Says the Azayim LaTorah. Aaron Cohen's Misa. Arna Cohen's process of death was not normal. What does that mean? They didn't know that. They didn't understand that he died. Right? Remember, he went up the mountain. <laughs> they came down. Moshe and Elazar. And they said, where's Aaron? Lo yadu ishes misaso. That's Aaron. They knew his makam kfura. But they didn't know his misa. By Moshe, it was the opposite. Moshe, what does it say in the Torah? They didn't have any... It doesn't say that they didn't believe that. Nobody knew where he was buried. Nobody could take part in the Leviah. Nobody could participate and show some Akaras Atov. By Aaron, they knew the Kfura but not the Misa. By Miriam, by Moshe, they knew the Misa and not the Kfura. And by Miriam, they knew both. Vatamasham Miriam Vatikaversham. Both. The Misa and Kfura were natural and known. So what, what's the message? In those days, most people did not live till 120. They didn't live till 120. But Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam did live, did live till 120. They lived when somebody lives a long, fulfilling life, 
naturally, there's not so much bechi. Obviously, there's the pain, the small pain of losing somebody. But if somebody's 106 years old and they have thousands of great-grandchildren and they've had a fulfilling life, so the bechi is muted because this is the natural way. And there wasn't anything tragic about it. The tragic is death itself, but they lived a long, fruitful life. Unless, unless something unusual happens at the time of death. Because even if somebody has a richus yamim v'shanim, if something unusual happens, says the Zayim Torah at the time of the death, then there's crying and there's bechi afal pikin. Rachmanel Itzlan, if there's a 98-year-old, 110-year-old, that Rachmanel Itzlan is killed, there's going to be crying. It's not like just dying b'mita. Says that Yonosh Torah, that's why they cried by Moshe and Aaron and not by Miriam. Because Moshe and Aaron all had something unusual. They couldn't be at the Levaya. They couldn't take part in the burial. Whatever it is, there was something that was not natural. Nimsa, on the bottom left now. Miriam, Aaron, and Moshe. Really, it was hard to cry about them because they had long, fulfilling lives. Turning the page. Aval muflag. gadol. Ad kedei horadas demos kenachal em yeshinui tragi b'misaso, and that's what happened with Misas Aaron. Shalom meis kedera kala aretz. Nobody was able to come visit him. He just went up and he died. Took them by surprise. Nobody was able to visit. Om demaitzias neshpaso all al har har two came down. Boom. That bothered them. It hurt them. Sarli Maod, Shalola Kahti, Birchas Preda, Miakoen Agadol, Hadomala Malachalokim, Oily, Shlogamati Chesel at Sadikazeh, and they cried. Moshe Rabbeinu, they couldn't bury. They wanted to take part. Moshe Rabbeinu. So that's why it says Sham twice, and that's why there's a difference between. They didn't cry for Miriam. Obviously, they felt for Miriam, but they didn't cry because. They fulfilled what they can fulfill. Okay, we have to spend some time, at least one source, on the Chet Mei Meriva. Chet Mei Meriva, the Ramban, the Abarbanel, so many different shatim of what the uh, the Chet of the Mei Meriva was. This year we'll see it. Again, some of them overlap, some of the shatim. This time we'll see it from Rav Schwab in the Mayan Beis HaShoeva. Says Rav Schwab, he picks up on, and most of the, most of the pshatim. Okay, this is a great example uh, in Parshanut Hamikra, in commentary on the psukim, that one has one, two, three, four, four psukim, four psukim that determine the fate of Moshe Rabbeinu. Every pshat picks up on a different word. In these four psukim, that's the key. That's the key. Right? Ha notsi. Morim. Right? Every every pshat, if you think about the the four pshatim in the Ramban and the many others in the Barbanel, Vayach. Right? Every word. Which do you focus on? But it's so unclear what exactly was the chait. So this year we'll pick up on Rav Schwab's diyukim. Rav Schwab wonders. Why it is, 
Well, first of all, he says, we know the Mishnah tells us it's a Birkiyavos. If somebody spends their life being Luzaka the Rabbim, that's a protection. That's a protective shield against hate. So Moshe was the greatest Mazakas Arabim ever in the history of our nation. So how is it possible that Chait Baal Yado? So again, one could say nobody's perfect. Even Moshe Rabbeinu is not perfect. His father was one of the four people that never sinned, but he wasn't. Okay. But says Rav Schwab, maybe. Another shot. Vahabi'ur. Vahabi'ur. Shakadish Baruch Siva, another diak in the Psukim. Vidi Bartim Alasela Vagomer Vishkisa Saida. Speak to the rock and you shall give to drink the congregation. Moshe Rabbeinu was meant to speak to the rock and give them to drink. Vihishkisa Saida. Number one. Number two. Es Saida, the Es Biram. The Ada and the animals, with an S in between. What actually happened after Moshe hit the rock? Vatesht ha'eda uvi'iram. They drank. No S in between. And it says they drank. Not Moshe did not give them to drink. They drunk themselves. Any difference? What's the significance? Says Rav Schwab, Ulai Yeshlomar. Shemizeh, the fact that Hashem told Moshe, give them to drink. It wasn't so long ago, maybe it was just 38 years ago, Moshe Rabbeinu remembered, 39 years ago, Moshe Rabbeinu remembers Chet Egel. And what happens after Chet Egel? A little in the Psukim, Chazal pick up on it, Moshe Rabbeinu was mashke them. Remember, he crushed it up, he poured it into a liquid, and he gave them to drink. He was mashke b'nei Yisrael. He tested them, like an Isha Sota, to see if they were faithful or not. And all of a sudden, what did Hashem tell him? V'hishkisa. Be mashke the Eda. Moshe says, what? I'm not doing that again. Ratzon HaKadosh Baruch Hu, lahashkosam. I want to see. We're about to go into Eretz Yisrael. I want to see who's faithful. Who's faithful? And Moshe says to himself, and that's why the command is, because the drinking for the people and the drinking for the animals would be two different reasons. The people would be to test them. The animals would be because they're thirsty. Moshe says it's enough already. Been 40 years, enough people have died. No more. Just take him in. And what did he do? We might call it an Avera Lashma. We might call it, he was Moser Nefesh. Let him drink themselves. I'm not giving them to drink. They drank, and there's no S between Edo Biram. They both drank because they were thirsty. Not because of any test, because Moshe Rabbeinu said, if this is what I have to do, this is what I have to do. And that's why he says in Tvarim, when he's reviewing, Hashem got angry, because of you, because the hate was really because of Am Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu was Moser Nefesh. And he even quotes a question that some of Farshim ask. If you look in the Tefillah for Geshem, 
We talk all about great things. We go through Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe. We go through all of the great personalities. Something to do with water. Something to do with water. And according to one of the Gersos on line 30, we t- what do we mention about Moshe and Geshem? Zachor Masui Mashui Betevas Gome In Geshem, we're talking about all these great things that Avraham and Yitzchak and Yaakov, we mentioned, yeah, and Moshe hit the rock. That's a praise. That's where he sinned. Why do we mention that in Geshem as if that's something great that he did? And what's the answer? No, that was. Yes, he couldn't go in. But that's what showed his Messirus Nefesh. His Messirus Nefesh for Am Yisrael. And we thank him for it. And we recognize him for it. And that is why we mention that in Geshem. But that's why Ein Chet Baal Yado, unless he brings it on himself. And he's doing it L'Shem Shamayim. And he's doing it L'Shem Shamayim. Similar idea. Um, not exactly the same, but if you have in the Likuta Yoshua, Rishua Scheinfeld, uh, he also quotes why Moshe hit the rock. Similar idea. Because remember, Rashi quotes... There could have been such a great, such so much of a greater Kiddush Hashem if he would have spoken to the rock, and the rock doesn't get scharva onesh kavachomer people. So says the Likuta Yoshua. But maybe that was the point. Moshe didn't want to have a kitrog on Am Yisrael. He didn't want anybody to be able to make that kavachomer to say, oh, if even a rock, Moshe pulled a Yonah. He says, I, I don't want to. I don't want Bnei Yisrael to look bad. Lefioso kavachomer hayanitan chaz v'shalom gam pischom belasachon. And therefore, he didn't say, uh, didn't anything more. And he quotes the same thought about the Paitan in Tfilas, in Tfilas Geshe. Okay, two more thoughts. Two more thoughts that we have to share. So we start getting to some of the wars that Bnei Yisrael fought going into Eretz Yisrael. Pirech Chof Aleph. The Kenani, the king of Arad, who was in the south, Arad is in the south, he heard the Jews are coming. He went out to fight. He heard that they were fighting. Heard that they were there. What does Yoshev HaNegev mean? Rashi quotes, Amalek. Amalek. Amalek Yoshev Eretz HaNegev. What does it mean here? The Kenani Yoshev HaNegev heard. Two different nations. So Rashi quotes, the Shina Really, it was the Amalekim. It was the Amalekim. But they were Mishana, their speech to talk like Canaanites. Because they wanted the Jews to mispray. To mispray, save us, save us from the Canaanim. Save us from the Canaanim. Really, we're not Canaanim. Really, we're Amalekim. So the tefillah is not going to work. It's an amazing concept that they, they were thinking. If the tefillah is not exactly about this, we're okay. But it also shows that Amalek knew the Koach HaTfilah. I mean, so many messages of this Rashi. But you think about it. So Amalek says, we're going to talk like the Canaanim, so they're going to think that we're Canaanites. They may not Canaanim. Ro Yisrael levushen kelevushen Amalekim, v'loshon amlashu Canaan, it's like uh, Yitzchak and Yaakov. He saw they're dressed like Amalekites, their language is like Canaan. Amrun is Palestine. You know what? Let's just stop in Stam. Save us from whoever this is. Okay. You could do a Rashi a hundred times, a thousand times, and not see and ask such a simple, obvious question. They wanted to confuse the Jews. So what they do? They talked like they were they were Amalekim. So they trained themselves to talk like the Canaanites. And everybody so were, met, were, were confused because they looked like 
Kananim, and they dress like they dress like Amalekim, and they toast like the Kananim. Question: Isn't it easier to change your clothes than change your way of speech? Why didn't they just change their clothes? Why didn't they dress like Kananim? That's it, and then Bnei would have seen them. <laughs> Look like Kananim, dress like Kananim. That's the first thing you see on the outside. What, you got, oh, they, 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 there was no Canaanite clothing store around? The same way that they could, maybe, maybe that's one idea, but they could have figured it out. They could have figured it out. If they learned how to, how to all, all of them had changed their accent, it would have been much easier to change their clothes. So if you look in the Sefer, Metikus Va'arevus HaTorah, he quotes from Revdan Sagal. Why didn't they change their clothes? Why didn't the Amal- Amalekites change their clothes to look like the Canaanim? Know the answers? Because clothing helps define who we are. And if they would have changed their clothes to the Canaanites, they would have been Canaanites. And therefore the tefillah would have worked against them. Because we're identified so much by what we wear. If there's somebody who works in a certain store, they they wear the same shirt with the same logo because I I, I work here. This is the team I'm on. Clothing defines us. The Kohen Gadol has certain clothing. The Kohen Hedyot has certain clothing. So they couldn't change that. Because if they would have changed that, that A would have been too hard for them, or B would have defined them as the other nation anyway, so they wouldn't have helped. Right? Sometimes clothing puts myself into a certain um, certain um, uh, state and certain identity, certain group uh, that identifies in a certain way. And that's also, by the way, B'nai Yisrael, why it was so important, one of the four items that they didn't change according to the Medrash in the beginning of Shmos. Right? They didn't change. Levusham, again, could go to the other ones too. Lashonam, Vichulu, uh, and that's the message. The message is the importance and the focus of dress. Right, remember the Gemara, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan called his clothing his Mechab Dosai. How do we dress on Shabbos? There's an identity. Are we people who are Shomrei Shabbos? Remember, dress on Shabbos differently is not just about people seeing. It's for Shabbos itself. It's for Shabbos itself. And then he quotes, I'm sorry, did I skip? If you go to the bottom, he quotes a thought from Rav Galinsky. He says, When B'nai Yisrael left Mitzrayim, it says on the bottom, V'sha'Allah isha mishchento migaras beisa klei chesev v'klei zav usmalos. B'nai Yisrael took gold and silver and clothing. And clothing. V'adav alo muvan. And he asks, he says, the clothing, we wore the same clothing as the Egyptians, we just said, Shloshinu aslavusham. Eichi tochein levakish begadim shalgoyim. Right? How did that work? I'm sure the Jews did not wear the same type of, of begadim. Say so he quotes, keep reading the Pasik. Visamtam albanechem balbanosechem. You're right, they were too short for the adults. Visamtam albanechem balbanosechem. Begadim shalisha mitzvah saying, Ksarim vachinishi yehudis in ovash. Fascinating. But in any case, Levush defines who we are. And therefore, says, um, this compilation of um, of sources, that's why they the Amalekim couldn't change it because it would have changed who they are, or it would have been, or it would have been too hard for them.
Okay. Last thought for the evening will be based on a drusha. Based on a drusha towards the end of the parsha. If we get to Shiras Be'er, Shiras Be'er, every phrase here is picked up by Chazal. Yutes, Chafalaf Yutes, Umi Matana Nachliel. Umi Matana Nachliel. Right, the Gemara Darshans, Matana, the Torah is a Matana. Shabbos is called the Matana. That's not for now, but Torah is a Matana. Says Rav Pincus, if we look at the middle brachos of the Amida, all the Bakashos, the first one stands out as different in terms of structure. Every bracha is a Bakasha. We ask Hashem for something. We don't first make a declaration. Right? Every bracha. Esemach David Avdacha. Barachamim. Right? Tatzmiach. Right? Esemach David. Tatzmiach. Tashuv. Rufa'enu. Barechaleinu. Hashivenu. Everyone. Balamashidim alti sikva. How does Atachonin start? Atachonin liadam das. We don't start off chanenu meitacha. You are the source of wisdom. So what's the message? That's the only one that we declare something before we ask for something. Chanenu. What's chanenu? Matnas chinam. Chanenu means a gift. Yeshnam dvarim shol nitam l'rachshon b'mamon. Says Rapinka, some things you can't buy with money. You must have gotten it as a gift. He says, if you go over to your friend and you see a nice watch on his wrist, you'll say, oh wow, where'd you buy the watch? But if you see that he has an unbelievably expensive, humongous diamond, we won't say, where'd you buy it? We'll say, who gave it to you? Because some things are just not bought. Some things are so valuable and so precious you won't say, Heichan kanita oto, but mi hanik lecha osamatana. The Torah that we have to live by and to learn, says Rav Pincus, is a matana. Can't be bought. Right? What do they say? I forgot the exact phrase. All right? So there's, you could buy something with whatever, but with everything else, MasterCard? I remember the exact phrase. But, but some things you can't buy. There's such potential for kirva to Hashem in the Torah, even doing all other mitzvos. Right? You, there's, there's something that that Torah gives us that that you know won't be possible to get anywhere else. And that's why we recognize that any wisdom that we receive, any inspiration that we feel. Anything that we understand is all a matana from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We have to recognize the precious nature of Torah. It's like that diamond that a person has. And therefore, before we ask Hashem for Chachma, we declare that He is the source of it all. Chaneinu doesn't mean, you know, I'll pay for it. Chaneinu means I recognize it's all beyond me and, and so precious and special. You know, please... As he continues, as we just said, there's one thing though that we have to do. We can't buy it, but there's one thing that we can do. We can want it. That's up to us. Wanting the understanding and wanting the feeling of connection 
because after all, that's why we got it in the first place. Because remember Chazal, Hashem went to all the other nations. Hashem is Sinai Ba, right? Bnei Esav, you want the Torah? Ma Kasev Ba, Lo Sertzach. Yishmael, you want the Torah? Ma Kasev Ba, Lo Signof. Everyone, Bnei Esav, you want the Torah? Yes. When they said yes, they got it. All we did was show Ratzon. That's what Hashem wanted then, and that's what Hashem wants now. He just wants us to recognize the value and the precious nature of it, the only thing that's constant in this entire world. right? I think over the last three months, we've recognized that nothing is constant, nothing is yetziv. There is no anchor in the world that's not moving except for one, and that's HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's the only, the only thing that, that's, that's not tully. Everything else does tully on him. And the way that we get close to him is the Torah. And therefore, we have to make sure that we recognize the matana element, the matana aspect of Torah, umi matana nachliel chazal darshin, the Torah is a matana, and here at own that we learn to uh, keep appreciating it every parsha, every week, and every day of our lives. Okay, we will stop here.